Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me always is Jason. What's going on today, man? What's up? Uh, just waiting for spring, Brian, to finally hit. We always t- talk about weather at the top of the calls, and it is not looking good heading into spring. But what's looking good and making me warm is the music from the artists we're going to have on tonight. But we'll get into that in a second. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so we have uh, an artist coming up across the pond and we wanted to talk about some of the other uh, across the pond artists. Um, I suggest for people like check out this band called the Jokers. Mm-hmm. They sound really good. They're the, right up our alley, our style. Um, Els Bailey is another one. Um, That's somebody I'm going to try to reach out to as well. Els to get on. I mean, her stuff is great. Blues rock. Um, also, Troy Redfern and Jack Jack Hutchinson, I believe. Um, yep. They they did the HRH thing with Mike Ross. Oh, very nice. Well, I mean, speaking of Mike, I saw Jade Jade Williams, Jade Like the Stone, is going and do, mm-hmm. doing some more music too. So hopefully, we get to hear some stuff from her soon. That would be great. That would be great. Yep. We've got uh, remember our buddy Dave O'Grady from Seafoam Green. Right. He just released some U.S. dates coming up into March and April in New York. He's playing in Kentucky, down the river a little bit from Cincinnati. It's like two hours and 15, two hours and 20 minutes on April 1st. I may try to go, but that's a bit of a haul where he's playing, but I would love to see Dave play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be very, very cool. And then on the same day, I found about out about the, these guys we're having on today because their record came out, a record from this band, another UK band came out, um, Dead Blonde Stars is the name of the artist, and the record is Metamorphosis, and it sounds like classic era Soundgarden to me, like it's got that heavy rock alternative thing going on, and it's really, really good, so Dead Blonde Stars, Metamorphosis, it's not blues, it's not southern rock, but I know a lot of people listening to this podcast just like rock music in general, so Dead Blonde Stars, the album Metamorphosis. Very cool. Well, let's get into our guests uh, for this uh, episode uh, across the pond. Oh, yeah. It is Doomsday Outlaw. And we have Phil, who's the singer, and Alice, who's the lead guitar player on with us. And the day I found out about Dead Blonde Stars, I was, I think it was New Classic Rock in North America or somebody, one of the many, many music feeds I follow on Twitter put a list of new records that were out and D- doomsday outlaw was one of them and 
As soon as I listened to it from the first song, I was like, holy geez, who are these guys? Where are these guys? And where have they been? Well, I had known about them for quite a while. And uh, their earlier stuff was heavier. And you're going to find out how, you know, that has kind of like uh, evolved into uh, more of a Southern rock thing. Uh, we're not going to give that away, but um yeah, I've been aware of them for a while, and and I really like the direction that they're going, and it's it's just a wider variety of you know really almost heavy. I I, I kind of think they're like Blackstone Sherry in a way. Yeah, heavy Southern rock for With a some blues thrown in. Thing to compare, it can be very heavy, but then rootsy at the same time. Um, it's like Skinner meets Guns and Roses to me. Kind of something like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with a little heaviness added to it. Yeah, but I dug them, man. A cool name, too, Doomsday Outlaw. And there, I was surprised when I found out they're from England, from the UK. Although you'll find out Alice is Italian. But anyway, I would have swore they were an American band from how they sounded. And as Brian, as you and I know, there's a lot of these bands over in England and Europe that are into the scene. And, and Bill and Alice talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so very cool to have another Across the Pond guest. So uh, you guys kick back, relax and listen to our conversation with Phil and Alice from Doomsday Outlaw. segment of the podcast jason's going to introduce our guests and i'm super excited because man with this album that just came out a couple weeks ago i was like who the hell are these guys and where did they come from uh for a blues and southern rock focused podcast these guys kind of like knock it out of the park with the heavy metal heavy hard rock edges so very excited to have on from the uk from across the pond we have phil and alice from doomsday outlaw how are you guys doing very well. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Thank you for having us on. Great. Thank thanks for man. being here. And Phil, uh, you are thanks. the vocalist, and Alice, you are the guitar player. So we're only going to talk to you because I only like guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. That's that's all right. Let, yeah, let, let, let Alice talk. It's all right. He, he loves <laughs> it. <laughs> usually have a lot to talk about. So, <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 He's Italian, though, so you have to. He's, he's very emotive. He talks with his hands a lot, so you're going to have to get used to that. Well, what's good, know. because we only do audio format. We don't use any video, so this ought to go quite well. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we are just discovering you guys or we i know you guys have been around for a while and we're just uh, yeah really kind of getting into you guys so if you guys could uh, let us know like how how did this all how did this band come about yeah i mean um it's obviously yeah we've been around for a little bit um obviously like a lot of people a couple of years of that was eaten up by covid you know i mean right during all of that you know we were like a lot of other people we didn't have a gig for 18 months we were kind of um so there's a big chunk in the middle there where we just we just did nothing like like a lot of other people but um i mean how how we started um i I found these guys um i'd actually kind of given up with singing it had kind of I'd fallen out of love with it a little bit. Not fallen out of love with music. I've always been into my music and always, you know, it's always been something that I wanted to do. But but sort of performing, I get kind of lost its spark a little bit for me, you know. Um, so I, I'd, I'd, I'd stopped doing anything for a couple of years. And I was actually at a gig with my brother um, in Islington, in London, over this way. And, um, yeah, I was well-oiled. There was definitely a few beers had been had. And I've sort of been the mosh pit of this, in the mosh pit, watching this band, um, Future of the Left, I believe it was. And it was a re- really good band from over here, if anyone wants to check them out. Um, and standing in this mosh pit with my brother after a few beers, it just kind of occurred to me that I, why am I not still doing it? Why am I not on stage? Why am I not performing? Something sort of, again, it just sort of sparked up again in me. Um, so I actually put an advert online. There's a website called Join My Band. Um, and I put an advert on there while I was in the mosh pit watching this band saying that I'm a singer. And so you were in a mosh pit and then you were yeah. also marketing for a band. Yeah. My brother was telling me off saying, get off your phone and watch the band. <laughs> and I'm like, You're going to get killed, man. To, you got to have your head on a swivel in a mosh pit. I'm trying to tell him, I was like, no, no, it's, this is actually quite important. I'm doing something potentially life changing. Leave me to any, you know, I had to explain to him later on that. You know, some <laughs> I, I just you know I, I wanted to start singing again, but it just seemed like the perfect moment to do it. And I sort of if, if I didn't do it then, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, so yeah, so I, so I did that, and then within a few weeks, the the lads got in touch and said they they were looking for looking for a singer. Um, and we kind of that's 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 how we met, you know. And and Alice and or Phil, there was a did you guys have a different singer before Phil joined? Yeah, so they, so yeah, it's a tricky one that. So I I okay. I, I didn't well, if really it sucks know. to talk about, you can just we can go past it. It's not but not a big deal. Oh no, 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 I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm I mean, you know, I I've never met him, so I'm all good. <laughs> you know, I'm quite open about stuff. For those no, of I mean, you that can't see, Alice is flipping the double birds right now. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I never I never uh never knew this guy as well because um well when uh, when Phil joined the band, I was I was not the guitarist. So <laughs> oh my gosh! So you guys had like a major like this is like forty percent new band. Yeah, yeah. We 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 kind of we we you know we 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 found our way with it. Um, so I mean, when when I joined the the guys, they had actually put out another album. It was a very very right. different band, very different yeah. sound. Yeah, really a lot a lot more a lot more metal, sort yeah. of a lot a lot heavier. Um, Obviously, whatever re- for whatever reasons they had for wanting to change the singer, they decided that's what they wanted to do. Like I said, I, I didn't really know that. I turned up for an audition. They said to me, right, we definitely want you to be the singer of the band. And now we've got to let the other guy know. 
the, the oh shoot so he point. had no idea what was going on no <laughs> so so yeah so i thought well okay you know these things happen um so so that kind of happened um and then yeah we we put an album we, we put an album out off our own backs um I, I joined the band within nine months we can't we put suffer more which was the first album um yeah kind of released that and that was with as I say, that we that was with a, a, another guitarist alice joined after that but that was more the guy who was in the band then he's just just in a different stage of his life you know he, he's settling down with his wife and all this kind of thing and he just didn't have the time for it anymore but it turned out to again be the you know the best thing for us because you know that's no disrespect to to gav who was with the band before but obviously alice coming on board was the best thing that could have happened to the band in terms of the the writing and the stage performance and everything else and just the you know being able to, the the playing and also being taught you know all the Italian swear words that he does when he drives. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it is the OK symbol? Is that like an insult in Italy, Alice? Like if you do like that, is that bad? Somebody told me that was no, bad. Actually, no, it's no, actually no. Uh, there are okay. lots of other <laughs> insults, but that's not the case. So, Alice, when you joined, was it to do this record that Phil just spoke about, or is this the first record, the Damage Good record that you played on? Uh, Damage Goods is the first record okay. I played on. Um, when when I uh, uh, when I joined the band in the first place, um, I was living in the um, in the UK from Italy since uh, three years, I guess, and I was working with cover bands and other interesting projects, but I wanted to jump back in an original uh, band. And uh, funny, funny fa fun fact, I found these guys from the same website during my band. Um, okay. After they released Suffermore and Hard Times, they were performing with, uh, with one guitar, uh, but they were looking for uh, a new stable uh, lead guitarist. So, uh, I heard some stuff from them. I thought they were very interesting. I uh, I love their. Uh, they they were heavy, heavier than uh, what came out after, but uh, still they had some blues and uh, Phil's voice was so blues and soul that mm -hmm. I thought it was a very very interesting band, and I would have loved to play with them. So I joined, I joined them. They were they were already starting writing damaged goods and uh there was a great chemistry immediately and we, yeah. we came out with the with the songs quite quite soon actually with the uh, latest versions of the song i, I think we re we started recording damaged goods after three or four months from uh from when i joined the band and phil for you so you you, you did sing on that last record and on the new one was it in you know, listen to your guys' music, checking on YouTube, clearly different styles. You are certainly more Southern rock, blues-inspired, hard rock than what you were. Was that a, an intentional change, or is that just kind of natural when you guys were writing songs? It kind of, um, this, this, I mean, it was more, it was more natural. There, there was sort of a, an element where, you know, we, we, I don't think it was necessarily a conscious decision to be less heavy. Yeah. Um, 
but it, yeah, it, was, it, it probably was more of a, of, of a natural thing in terms of the songwriting. I mean, the amount of songs that we write to come to a point where we have, where we had damaged goods. Um, this is obviously, what is, it, what is it now? There's 12, 12 tracks on the album, I believe. You know, we, we wrote maybe 35, 40 songs for that. What, what I do a lot is just quite, quite prolific in just sort of like songwriting and writing and writing and writing. And, um, but then, getting them to a point where they're ready to record and then thinking, actually, I don't like this anymore. And it just goes in the bin. You know, we, we do, we do, we do a lot of that. There's, there's two or three more albums worth of stuff that we've kind of thrown away. Um, it just, it just seemed to be that all the, all of the styles came together for, for this one. And this is, this is where, where we're at. Um, in a perfect world for me, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be put, you know, I'd, I'm old school. I'd, I'd like to do an album every year if I could and mm-hmm. just show, you know, have that constant progression, but obviously they don't have that that kind of thing. No one really does anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's interesting too because when I discovered you, it was the day Damaged Goods had come out, and I just another group of musical podcasters and people had recommended it. And soon as soon as I started listening to it, I was, I was honestly like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Because well, I couldn't believe you're a British or a European band because you sound like American Southern blues inspired. Southern rock, but I was like, where have you guys been my entire life? Well, uh, thank you so much, man. Honestly, that, that that is exactly you know, that's that's why we do it, to try and get that response out of people. And and that's, you know, obviously the more and more people that we think can hear can hear the music. We're really, really proud of this, the last that this last album. I think um I know everyone always says it's it's a bit of a cliche to say with the, your newest stuff's the best the best work you've ever done but I think this album is it is stuff from all was great and hard times was great and this is kind of a step above above that and that yeah that sort of southern blue bluesy rock sound but there's there's a lot of other there's a lot of soul in there and as well whether sure. it be with my with my vocals and vocal melody and again that's just a natural that's the kind of music that I'll I'll listen to I like my soul I like Motown just as much as I like rock and I like blues you know so I think those styles kind of come out in, in in lots of different ways in lots of the songs. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jason and I have talked about how over there we're seeing or you know coming across you know more and more kind of bands that are like your style, um, where it's you got rootsy southern you know kind of blues influenced stuff, but like then you know integrating hard rock and. It seems like there's a lot of those kind of bands over there. And over here, we talk about how Kentucky has got such uh, a lot of bands in like uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, so, and ironically enough, in Kentucky, there's the band Blackstone Cherry that's similar, like rootsy stuff, but yeah. then heavy and stuff too. So what what do you attribute that to over there that there's there's more bands that are your guys' style? I mean, it's, it's we're we're just we're just amazed we're like there's another band another band like it seems like it's a really 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 good I, uh, thing going on over there i think um it's, it's difficult to know what to attribute it to solely there's um there's definitely a really good scene that's been building for a while i mean obviously you know just like america the sort of the rock scene and blues scene it, ne- it never goes away it's always there it's always it might not it has peaks and troughs in terms of um, whether how, how mainstream it is, you know, and 
how successful this bit is in the charts and all this sort of thing and it goes it goes with now but it's all it's always there there's always a mass audience for it um and i think there's i don't know there's 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 always a desire for real sort of rock music for blues that 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 mm-hmm. that kind of thing um and I, th- I think that's that's sort of building more and more and it is maybe getting a bit more a bit more popular and maybe we're coming into a cycle where you're going to see more of that over the next over the next couple of years yeah and uh, also in uh, especially um, here in the UK but also in in Europe uh, talking about continent wise um there is uh, a rediscovering of rock music. I can see uh, loads of uh, new great band in the scene. And in uh, here in the UK, there's this um, new wave of classic rock thing that uh, gathered loads of new rock band that are really great. And uh, they're... Uh, they're putting a compil- rock compilation CDs in the charts as well. And obviously, as rock musicians, it's, it's great to see uh, that the, the rock and roll is still alive. So, Alice, for you growing up in Italy, and like you are, let me compliment your guitar playing. The two guitar attack from Doomsday Outlaw is great. It really adds so much to the music, and your lead playing is, is really good. But as a kid growing up in Italy, kind of what were your influences for music and just guitar playing? Well, yeah, that's that's in, that's an interesting question because yeah, uh, growing growing up in Italy obviously um, allowed me to uh, have influences uh, from from um, my country's music as well, especially the the Italian folk music uh, scene. Uh, Italy um, has a great tradition of folk and prog music, especially during the seventies and the eighties where great artists uh, experimented, uh, great, uh, great sounds. Um, but my, my, main, my main influences, guitar-wise, uh, are mainly uh, British uh, and, uh, and American. Okay, yeah. uh, more, um, I, w- I would quote Jimmy Page uh, from Led Zeppelin and, Hen- yep. and Jimi Hendrix. And probably, uh, probably a slash through my uh, influences in terms of. Electric. Bill, you picked the right guy, by the way. He said all the right names. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you can't get any better than that. Really, it's just you know. <laughs> but I, I have to quote uh, on on U.S. side, especially loads of blues guitarists, acoustic blues guitarists, such as uh, Robert Johnson, Sonhouse, uh, Willie Brown. Uh, these um, uh, muddy waters, uh, Memphis. Yeah. This yeah. old blues tradition has a strong influence uh, in my in my guitar writing, and uh, in fact, my my guitar writing is still very influenced by blues. And uh, listening the 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 blues side of Doomsday Outlaw was very stimulating on a creative point of view during the album's oh. writing and during the the current writing. Yeah, I mean there are there are a lot of really good rock blues inspired licks on that album. And Phil's voice again, like I was surprised to find you guys were British. Just you sound like an American, like classic rock dude in your riffs, Alice. I mean, I'm not surprised again to hear 
who's inspired you because those those riffs come out and the style of music on this on this damaged goods record and it's it's a real amazing well uh thanks uh the the riffs are um uh, the main riffs of the song are mainly ideas uh of steve uh which was our a former rhythm guitarist uh which was strongly influenced, uh, which is strongly influenced by, um, by uh, like us, uh, after all, uh, American bands such as Aerosmith, for example. There you uh, go. That's a great influence. Or Bon Jovi. Aerosmith is a, is uh, is something I would quote as a as an influence, uh, especially for songs uh, such as um, "If This Is the End" or "Terminus." And he came up with um, the original riff ideas. And then we, um, the great thing of our guitar work together was to um, be able to cross our um, guitar styles uh, without, without giving ourselves many instructions. That was, uh, that was really great, especially uh, in some songs such as Terminus, you can hear a guitar doing one thing and another guitar doing something different, but very southern rock, the Skinners, yeah. the you know, Allman Brothers, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if this is the end, by the way, and if you guys follow social media, I've been pimping that. It's like I called it the greatest power ballad since like 1991. It is, think, yeah, and so modern, like but classic and it's part of that fills your vocals those soulful vocals it's the multiple guitar solos it's that whole build and like that song really is one of the first ones that really grabbed me when i was listening to the record no thank you so much again um it's it's one of my favorites it's one of my favorites on the album i mean my my, my favorites change constantly depending on what <laughs> sure <laughs> it's, it's certainly it's 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 a good one to perform because um it's one that i can i i always it, it's the reason i love performing it live so much is because it's one that it's quite easy for me to sing but it sounds like it's not so it's kind of it sort of gives me a chance to show off a bit which is you know i'm a, I'm a singer in a rock band showing off is kind of you know what I, <laughs> that's, that's what i like to do you better do it lead uh, guitar better do it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what you—that's what, you, what you're trying to do—is is show off and you know. Um, <laughs> but that, um, yeah, that 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 song, um, I, I I think it's just I, I I love the way it builds into the builds into the chorus and it's it's just um, yeah and he, and he, and, he, and he's lyrically really strong as well. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it, I think it's a, it's a really good song to introduce us to show people what we're kind of all about. Speaking again of this like new wave of classic rock going on over there, um, is there any other bands that have been around about the same time as you guys that, that, that you guys have camaraderie with or friends with or influenced by that you, know, that you cross paths with or play on shows with or see around? Because we're always looking for... for newer newer kind of bands alice you want to take that first yeah sure. <laughs> time to pimp your friends <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking we we actually uh been lucky enough to cross our path with uh different uh, very very good bands uh for example uh, one year ago 
we had the uh, the opportunity of having um, uh, headline a co-headline tour with Manchester-based band called Guerrilla Riot. Uh, they are really good guys, very uh, very blues-ish uh, as well. Uh, and our tour together was uh, was absolutely interesting. Then um, uh, I really uh, I really enjoyed uh, those guys we played with at um, in Edinburgh. Phil, uh, is it with these wicked rivers? Is that is? Oh uh, uh, no, I didn't mean uh, I didn't mean that. But these wicked rivers is another band I I'd recommend very much. Um, they they have this seventies vibes uh, that I personally yeah anyway yeah they were <laughs> it was we can reverse in Edinburgh it was confusing but uh, that that was another band I wanted to mention because uh, yeah if you if you if you're looking if you're looking for a really good sort of just classic rock band as well where uh, Hell's Addiction are a really good band over here they're uh, they're good good friends of our ours and. Um, Great, great live performance. Great, uh, just a really good, solid, classic rock band as well. Well, well worth checking out. So, everywhere, everything I've read, this the damaged good record you guys just put out last month has been having, um, I think, really wonderful write-ups. At least what I'm reading the publications in the states. What's the reception been like over there with you guys in in England and the UK? Yeah, it's been. Um, it's been pretty great, actually. Um, I, I mean, you're you're never going to be uh, everyone's cup of tea, uh, but yeah. I, I, I haven't I, I haven't seen anything negative. Everything that I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive and complimentary, and and that and that's and that's great. Obviously, we've always thought that the more people that can listen to the record, we we've been confident that people will love it because there's. I think there's a bit of something for everyone on on this record. It's it's um, it's it's quite eclectic. There's yeah, there's that southern bluesy rock style, but there's you know there's other kind of things. When you when you get towards, I always thought when you get to the end and and you got um, little things right at the end, and you know, and that as it builds it builds into that song, it, it that it turns into a Pink Floyd song. That's that's mainly that's mainly Alice. That solo that he does, it's the, the slow one that closes the album. You know. With that, um, it, it just reminds me of so much. It's just it just turns into Pink Floyd. It's just amazing. So there's there's kind of a bit of something there for for everyone, and and, and I think that's been recognised, and and it's been really, really well received. Obviously, we got to number five in the rock charts over here, which is pretty big for us. Um, yeah. And we're we're hoping that that kind of um, you know that kind of leads on to to other things. You know, and that's kind of my follow up question for you guys. So really. What is next for you? Are we touring? Like, what's going on? Well, with um, the, the the timing of this couldn't have been. It was. It kind of worked out. So um, uh, the album came out on the. When did it come out? When did it come out, Alice? Was it the third? February. Yeah. February. Yeah. Yeah, it was third. Yeah, so third of February, and my wife gave birth on the on the fourteenth. Oh my um, gosh! So so we we kind of when we found out, obviously we knew when the album was coming out, uh, and we knew that 
then a baby was going to be coming right afterwards. Well, so congratulations, kind of, like on Valentine's um, Day, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little Valentine's baby, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so everything kind of, at that time, it kind of happened. So the albums come out and we toured it and, we, and we've gigged, we've had to take, it's not a break, but just a few weeks sort of off from gigging, if you like, just well, um, you know, me and my wife try and get into a routine of actually trying to sleep at all good luck yeah she's down the other end of the room trying to feed her now so we'll see you know yeah we'll we'll see how tonight goes um but you know we're looking to obviously we'll 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 be back gigging and touring uh very soon there's lots of things going to be announced It's, it's it's one of them where there's you know you can't talk too much about certain things because there's there's yeah. things that I know are going to happen that I'm not allowed to say just basically that stuff will be announced in the not too distant um but yeah we're we're hoping to keep very busy and obviously with the response that the album's out at there's a lot of interest um around us at the minute so that's it's everything's looking very positive Plan to come to the U.S. because I've I've got I've got you guys at least a dozen new fans, if not thirteen. <laughs> well, um, that'd be the, that'd be that'd be the plan. No, thank you. Please, please keep 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 sharing us some more. If we could make it like twenty or thirty, then we then we might yeah, come yeah, over. I can get. I promise, I can get you at least twenty and stretch goal thirty. We might just might get it done. Yeah, no, that's that. I, I, I think we can make that work. Obviously, that'd be you know with with we'd love to do that. You know, we, um, we've played mainly, you know, mostly in, in the UK. We, we did attempt to do a European tour. Um, and then COVID happened while we were on tour. Um, we actually, it was a, you know, first ever European tour. It was a 13 day, 13 or 14 day tour. At that time, COVID was only really in China. It was in Italy a little bit. No one, it seems crazy now to think that no one really knew what yeah. was what was going to happen. So we kind of flew over to Spain. Um, we did the first gig in Bilbao. <laughs> we were on our way. We were on our way to Barcelona the next day, and we got a call saying wow. that the the local government had banned gatherings of anything over I think it was fifteen people. So we knew the Barcelona show was off, but we thought the rest of the tour might still have a chance of going ahead. By ten o'clock that night, we were being told there's going to be a state of emergency declared. You've got to get out of the country or you're going to be stuck here. Um, so we had to get in the van and go. <laughs> yeah, and that was, yeah. that, that was it. But now obviously, you know, things have sort of settled down. So we're looking, you know, hope, hopefully we, 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 what we want to do is it'd be great to come over to America and do some shows, maybe go and do a few, um, you know, we sell quite well um, in Japan. It'd be, you know, there's a really good rock scene over there. Yeah, it'd be great to go and do a few shows over there, you know, and sort of um, see see how we get on. Yeah, that would that would be great again. And I kind of joked how many fans I've got, but we are definitely driving a lot more fans to you guys, and certainly, hopefully, more than twelve. Because then, like I said, when I heard this record last month, I was like, I just it was a breath of fresh air. And, And again, Brian and I, our podcast is really about promoting newer bands or less known bands in this genre. So that's what we do. But we hear a lot, but man, your, your record just really just stuck with me, right? My sweet Spartan is a, a kid that grew up in the eighties and nineties, man, that style of music, the slash, the pages, 
all the stuff you guys are doing. It's just, I can't be complimentary enough. I'm like gushing over here. No, thank you. I, you know, um, and that, and that's kind of, um, it has just been great to hear that I, I was confident that people had, had, had enjoy it. You know, I, I really did think it's the best, um, it's the best that we've sounded. It's the best work that, that I've done, um, vocally and lyrically. Um, and I always thought it's just about getting it out to as many people as possible. When, and when people hear it, I'm certain they'll, they'll like it. And that's, that seems to be the case, um, from, from the feedback that we get. And so the more people that hear it, the better. Well, speaking of the songs, like what, how does your songwriting process work? Your creative process is, is everybody in the band bringing ideas? It's, it's who, you know, what's, how is the bulk of the songwriting done and, and how does that happen? Um, I mean, obviously it's, it's open to people bringing in, to anyone bringing any ideas. That's, um, you know, if, if someone's got a good idea for a song and we all like it, then we, we take that on board. Also, you know, we're not too precious that if someone brings in an idea, if the rest of the guys think that it's shit, then we're, we're, we're you know, they're quite, they're, you know, we, we, you have to take that on the chin. You have to say, if everyone says, no, look, that's that's just garbage, let's, let's not do that anymore. You take that on the chin and then you move on to the next thing. Um, primarily, um, it was me and Steve that would, that would do um, the writing of the songs and then bring those to the rest of the band to then add bits to. And then it was more, then it became, in the studio, it was more a collective thing. So, so the foundations of the song was myself and Steve. Um, and that's out of the way that, we've, that we always wrote. Um, so you've got sort of like the, the foundation or the building blocks, if you like, of, of the song. And then that comes into the studio and then it evolves with people chipping little bits in here, there and everywhere. It's, it's, it's actually very rare for me um, or for a song that I've written um, to sound the same once we've recorded it as to when we've been practicing it. So we, so for pretty much every song I write, we'll, we'll write a song and we'll practice it and we'll practice it and then it'll come to the time to record it. And by the time I've got it in the studio and then I can actually hear it back in that environment, nine times out of 10, I'll decide that what I've written is actually terrible. And I'll be in, I'll be, you know, the amount of times where I'll have the headphones on, I'll be in the recording booth and I'll go through what is song and I'll just say to the lads, actually, I think this is crap. Give me five minutes and then I'll just rewrite the song in the sound booth and probably 90% of the songs on the album have just been rewritten on the spot. Well, certainly the bit that I do anyway, have just been rewritten in the sound booth in five minutes because I'm not happy with what I've got. And then I think that kind of spontaneous writing is where that's where I do my best stuff. If I have time, you know, I, I kind of, that, that's, that's the kind of how we come out with the songs anyway. Completely, uh, completely agree with Phil about this uh, rewriting and having the idea in the studio environment. And uh, actually, uh, despite we had, uh, we, we came in the studio with a, uh, with a demo uh, with lots of songs more than the ones we actually recorded. But, but despite, despite that, little, the little things and walking the line have been pretty much written down in the studio 
while we were testing volumes or uh, at some point when 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 acoustic guitars came out uh, so yeah the uh, in in moments like that creativity is really is really high yeah i mean li i mean li little things wasn't on the album you know that wasn't going to be on the album we were in the studio recording the album and we were doing some promotional videos sort of live videos for facebook mm -hmm. Yeah, we were doing a, a, a competition for people to win a T-shirt and all these kind of things. And we we were messing around with kind of a, a like a acoustic version of other of, of things. And then... Like Turn Me it, Loose, right? Did you do the acoustic in that as well? Did I see that? It's... Uh, I, There's I, a bunch of like acoustic videos. It looks like you're playing in a venue or something, maybe before a show. Yeah, there's, 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 if I mean, on online, there's all kinds of, yeah, a, a, okay, a, a, acoustic videos of us, um, floating oh. around, whether it's, whether it's backstage or, or sort of sm smaller, more intimate. You have a lot of content out there on YouTube, which is great for someone like me who's like, hey, who are these guys? There's a lot to see. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, videos, but there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good live stuff. People have managed to capture some, some, some good stuff. I've, I've, I, I haven't really seen any any live stuff that I've seen and and not been overly pleased with. There's there's a really good live video of us of our set at um, uh, Bloodstock, which is a uh, a decent sized festival over here in the UK. Um, really good size stage that we were on there. There's like a 40, 50 minute set that we we do at that festival, um, and the whole set's up there or online. That that's really worth checking out. It's just because it was such a big stage, and when I have a big stage, I use it, which is you know, I like to I like to move it's around. A good a bit, front you know? man, yeah, it's a good front man. Yeah, you I just like want to listen. Don't be like your countryman Liam Gallagher and just stand there at a microphone and don't you move. You know, I mean, I can do that if 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 I haven't got the room, I I I bring out. I'd rather than Liam Gallagher. I don't like a mic stand. I, I, it's more. I think it's more Robert Plant. I like to stand. So, so, so if I've not got the room, I can stand there. I can hold the mic lead, and I can, you know, I have. I haven't quite got his his hair or his physique, unfortunately. But you know, <laughs> people <I've>, do. <laughs> but I've got his. I've got his stance down to a T. Well, that's important. So, I've got two two questions coming in from some of our our friends out there in the world. One, Terry Taylor is a British. Uh, uh, she she lives in England. She's seen you guys a bunch of times, and she she speaks high praises. And I've seen some live video from from her. So I don't know if you know Terry Taylor or not. Yeah, me. Uh, you guys. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yep. She's she's all over. She she is like a streamlined a lot of the the British bands, the UK bands, and then my friend Chris Cordetti, who's a US guy. He says he does a lot of. Um, quarterly top tens he says if he makes you guys his number one for the quarter will you fly him over for a show <laughs> yeah. we'll have, you could say we'll no have, we'll, yeah we're well no we, we'll, we'll have to talk about that yeah we'll see uh, yeah. yeah listen yeah, if, we'll, if, we'll if, see if the posting first to make sure it's really number one for the quarter and then you guys can talk yeah yeah then we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes from there uh, Alice, quick question for you. Where did you get that beautiful Alpine white Gibson Les Paul custom? 
Well, you, you know, I, I always thought that I always thought that uh, it's uh, it's the right instrument that chooses the mu the musician rather than the opposite. And in the case of Lilith, which is my guitar, that's exactly Lilith. What oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave names to my guitars. I have this okay. thing. <laughs> um, th that's exactly what happened because I was looking for a um, Gibson custom from that period of time, and um, but I couldn't find one. Uh, and uh, for for a for a absolutely unbelievable coincidence, uh, and a friend of mine, you know, I, I have this this friends trading guitars here and there. These guitars. I, I I don't know how even came, <laughs> came through my hands from from a collector uh, in in the exact moment I was looking for it and as soon as I got it through my hands it, it, I, I felt like you know my fingers were going by themselves um, uh, I, I like obviously I I love guitars but I'm I'm not even the the kind of guitarist who love to get surrounded by guitarists. Uh, lots of guitarists dream to have, you know, a, at least three or four rooms full of guitars, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. And, you just want the right guitar, not all the guitars. Yeah, well, if, if I have the right guitar through my hands, I'm okay. And uh, that, that's that's the guitar I, um, I feel it can uh, express what, what I want to say. Um, it's kind of co-working, you know, between the man and the the man and the man and the object. And uh, I think there's a uh, there's a great feeling we, we um, between me and that guitar. So, and I have one one last question for you, Alice. I, I saw so on YouTube you have a tutorial on how to play the solo on if this is the end. I'm learning it. So Phil, guys, when you come oh. to the States to play and you come through <laughs> Ohio where I live, I fully expect you guys to invite me on stage to jam on that because I'm learning it. <laughs> hey man, if we're if, if if we're there and you you can you can play it, yeah, you are you absolutely you can come up on stage. That'd absolutely. Yeah. Brian, this is this is on tape. You better save this because I'm gonna use this to get we, we got to these guys a disadvantage at some point. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got brian i know i know we're getting here towards the end of the time crunch uh where do we go to find everything out about doomsday outlaw um usual usual avenues facebook doomsdayoutlaw.com uh, as the website obviously we're on spotify and twitter <laughs> and all the all, amazon all, 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 and everything yeah all, all, all the usual things so you know if you if you like what you hear feel free to go and spend as much money as you want on merchandise and all the and all the rest of it you know that and you uh, ship to the u.s because i've checked it out because i'm gonna hard copy the record i'm getting a shirt so it comes to the u.s and there's a fee attached of course but you know you'll, you'll ship here. I've, I've actually got this now this i've just this is a thing of beauty i've actually got this behind me here this this vinyl. oh and and in front and there yeah. we go. There, there we go. I love the graphic. I love like even the even the record front and back are like old school, like classic mm -hmm. rock. It it looks that way. Yeah, we we, we you know we, that was that was all indies doing. Um, he, he's great with stuff like that. He's he's always sort of taken the lead with um, with the design of of, of the albums. Um, and yeah, he's yeah excelled himself with this one i think i think it looks fantastic and like i say the vinyl um with the 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 gold 
vinyl just looks looks great. The new logo and we've looks actually great. something. Yeah. And it's also it's also out. It's I think it's lim- limited edition. It's also out on cassette as well, which is pretty amazing. I, I saw that. Well. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I haven't actually got my I, I haven't actually got my hands on one yet, but um, I, I can't wait to get one because just just yeah, I'll just the experience of, of Brian. I'm gonna know. send you the cassette. I think you got a cassette player. I do. Yeah, I do. All right. <laughs> I, no, I've, got one in, I've, got, I've got one in my cellar. I have actually still got one in the cellar, so I, I can hold that up. <laughs> and it'd be great. I've got um, one of those old, like uh, a guy from 30 years ago. It's a CD player, like a front, like a top raise, and then it's you know you drop it down, and then a cassette on the front of it. So you know, that, that, that was yeah. that was quite emotional and strange to hold a cassette for the first time <laughs> really? for two years, and it was even stranger that. The real uh, when I realized that it was my band's cassette, you know, <laughs> was like, this is the first cassette I hold since something like twenty years, and it's my band. That, that was so the sad. best part of a cassette is the way it smells. Nothing else about a cassette's good. <laughs> <laughs> cassettes are going to come yeah. back. I'm telling you, they're going to come yeah, back. No. Well, Thank go to doomsdayoutlaw.com. Join on Facebook. Follow on Instagram. You're on Twitter. Buy the record, digital, physical. Buy the merch. Uh, for those in the U.S. that are listening, uh, check them out. Get them like buy their shit so they come over here so I can see them play a live show. And then you can come and play on stage with us. They're basically. And then I could come play. On, well, it'll be a three guitar attack, so you know nobody will even be able to hear me. You don't even have to plug me into an amp. I'll just. The more people over there that, that buy our stuff, they're basically it's, it's basically sponsoring. It's like sponsoring you to get on stage with us. So we need that's, as many as many sales as possible, and then that's going to happen. That's what that's what we're gonna do. There's gonna be a contest. Buy their shit, get them over here so Jason can play with Doomsday Outlaw. That's it. We're gonna start a marketing campaign. Ryan, you gotta promote the shit out of this. We will, we will. Thank you so much to Alice and Phil for uh coming on a podcast. Welcome to the all things blues and southern rock family. We will support you and promote you any way we can. And thank you so much for coming on. No, thank, thank you. It's been our absolute pleasure. Anytime you want to talk to us, you know, we're more than happy to talk. And thank you for your kind words. It does. It, it means a lot to us, guys. It really does. It was a real pleasure, guys. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you to Phil and Alice from Doomsday Outlaw for joining us. Uh, it was very interesting to hear. And I did not know this, that those two guys are newer in the band or some of the newer members. And that kind of sounds like that's what's, you know, given it its uh, more rootsy southern element into the sound. Yeah, and you kind of heard Phil talk about his influences with Motown and soul, and you can certainly hear that in his singing. And Al is being a classic rock guy and playing in cover bands and bringing some of those those licks and styles to the record. And, and again, I, I was surprised to hear about all those those band changes but the more i've been listening to their catalog you can clearly tell the musical differences and stylistic differences up to where they're at now and uh you can uh, you know obviously uh hear the passion that those guys have talking about this stuff um you know and phil is obviously uh got a lot to say musically lyrically uh that's kind of his his thing to do in the band um just uh, great guys and uh it's you know and they talk more about a little bit more about you know the other bands that that are over there that that uh we might in, be into that they they mentioned 
which I thought was very, very cool as well. You know, some some cool name bands. Did you did you mark them down? Because my Gor- note sheet is not in front of me. Yeah, Gorilla Riot and Hell's Addiction, and and I I listened to those those bands, and uh, once again, heavier. I I think that's probably like a thing over there. It seems like these bands that, that have that duality of like almost hard rock into metal, but with a southern rootsy element, you know, within that. Yeah, you got those, you know, England with the makings of the first rounds of heavy metal with the Black Sabbaths and the Zeppelins. I think that spirit is in there where they're doing this heavy rock, but it's certainly oriented in blues and Southern music. And if you guys heard, please buy their stuff, make them popular in the U.S. Because if they come over here and play a show by me, you heard them, they're going to let me play, play a song with them. Come on, come on, buy their stuff, get them over here. (laughs) So before we... uh you know, sign out for this episode. I have to correct myself from the intro intro because I said uh, Troy Redfern, Mike Ross, and Jack Hutchison. I said HRH was RHR. So uh, my mistake there and my correction there. So after correcting myself, I'll say always remember Southern Rock is reverent, loses blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 